I'm Crispin. In this podcast, we will be listening to the Adventures in Odyssey radio show that has been put out by Focus on the Family for the past 30 years. If you grew up evangelical like us, there's a good chance you've heard an episode or two. We'll be on the lookout for themes and messages in the show that coincide with, and sometimes depart from, God's vision for his kingdom in the world. Thanks for listening with us. Welcome to the Prophetic Imagination Station, where we look at Adventures in Odyssey episodes. This few episodes, we're looking at the political imagination of evangelicals through the lens, understanding that through listening to various Adventures in Odyssey episodes about politics, history. Today, we're going to have a double episode. A double feature. Yes. We've never done this before. I know. It's exciting. On one of Danielle's favorite topics. Yeah. Which is public school. Yeah, public school and school (laughs) in general. And it was fascinating thinking about this... um, you know, we asked on Twitter, we asked some people, you know, are there any episodes on Adventures in Odyssey where they talk about homeschooling, where they talk about public school, and there's actually not a ton out there, which, if you take a step back for a moment and think about it, is weird, right? Or am I just projecting here? So here's a little backstory. I, DL, grew up homeschooled. So I was homeschooled up until 11th grade, so basically homeschooled my whole life because... Does 11th and 12th grades even count? No. They don't count. And where did you go for 11th and 12th grade? To a, like a really small, wealthy public school in Central Oregon. Yeah. So that was kind of a dream. I just did like drama in art classes and loved it. And anyways. Danielle was drama student of the year. I sure was. And when I think about that, I just imagine you squishing ketchup onto yourself yeah, for was, that award. I was in a very sad play about school violence and I had to squish ketchup on myself (laughs) for which you got an award also I was homecoming princess I was senior class vice president so when I went to school I went all in right but that we're not talking about that right now it this gives the impression that you were like super popular and like I don't know that doesn't quite fit the pictures that I've seen of you during that time wait what are you saying um, you also were really into punk and, yeah. um, yeah, you just dressed very alternative. I was very alternative. Anyways, we don't have to talk about Danielle DL in high school. Okay. Um, we are going to talk about schools in the world of Odyssey. So here's what's so weird. I grew up homeschooled. My parents, um, you know, or evangelical Christians, although we probably just would have called ourselves non-denominationalist Christians, whatever. Growing up, not a lot of focus on branding, but we, you know, read the Bible correctly, whatever. Um, And my mom was like one of the first waves of homeschoolers. And like everybody thought she was kind of weird. Like even in our church community, people kind of thought she was weird. And then the older I got, it seemed like there were more homeschoolers. But I would say like 
the churches we were a part of growing up, homeschooling was not the majority choice that people made. And we never were in super affluent churches. And so private school wasn't a huge choice for people either. So a lot of kids went to public school, but I did not. And the few homeschool groups we were part of were really intense and we never fit in there either because we weren't, we, I like, we, we considered ourselves not weirdos, even though we kind of were weird, but we weren't like the other completely isolationist types who homeschooled, <coughs> right? Especially when we lived in places like um, Alaska and Northern California, there are definitely people who wanted to be separate from society who were homeschooling. And um, yeah, so now that I think about it, I'm like, that's just kind of weird that Odyssey didn't really touch on that, but we'll get into that because we need to get into it. So do you want to recap both the episodes? How should we do this? Yeah, I figured we'll just hit, uh, we'll discuss you go to school where first. Okay, that's yeah. That's the name of the episode. Yeah. You go to school where. And then we can uh, discuss choices. Okay. So you go to school where um, is about uh, two girls, one who, Robin Jacobs, who is goes to public school and then um her friend whose name i don't know because she's not a recurring character do you remember her dude name? i do not remember her friend uh is homeschooled let's call her homeschooled okay homeschool girl <laughs> i think that there is a song called homeschool girl by a ska band <gasps> well, a I'm christian gonna, ska i'm gonna band. google that while you recap <laughs> my friend um just that phrase made me think about that they meet, they decide to switch schools for the day. Dale Jacobs is Robin's dad. He's not a handsome gentleman. He's my dad. And then he writes for the paper, so he decides uh, he can't think of anything to write. Trying to figure out what I'm going to write about next. Well, that must be very frustrating. Yeah. Apparently there's nothing going on in Odyssey. It's such a perfect town that he has nothing to write about. And so they decide to switch places. And basically Robin goes through the homeschool day and then... Uh, her friend goes through the public school day and they have their different reactions about it. And then Dale writes something at the end. And it's really funny because Dale at one point, um, when he's writing it, he's or near the beginning of the episode. He's like this. I'm not writing this article to like strike competition or to say which one is better. This article is not meant to foster any undue competition between public and homeschooling. Which is kind of funny because it felt like a, they were trying to put a caveat on the episode of Adventures in Odyssey that we're not trying to say one is better than the other. Yeah. It's just kind of funny. And they didn't. I yeah. mean, they really didn't in that episode. Right. Yeah. It was, in fact, uh, it took me a long time to find this episode. I couldn't find it for purchase anywhere because they uh, basically just like took it off the air because uh, it got such bad reactions from homeschoolers. Yeah, so Crispin like found this episode and listened to this podcast with some of the like these Adventures in Odyssey like Uber fans and they actually talked to somebody way up high at Focus on the Family, but he was like, Danielle, they like took this off the air. It's like so horrible, such a horrible episode. And he really like primed me to be like appalled at this episode, <laughs> but it was just whatever. And really the message was like, the grass is always greener. You know, like if you're in public school, you're like, oh, I wish I could be at home all day. And if you're like homeschooled, like, oh, I wish I could be with kids all day. And I must say like, as a kid who was homeschooled, it really brought up some stuff for me. Not like bad stuff. Hang on. I have to defend myself. 
It was a horrible episode. Oh my gosh. We'll get to that. We'll get to why. The writing was is usually not great, but I felt like it was particularly stilted in this episode. I thought it was just as stilted as normal. <laughs> so anyway. Anyways. But I remember like reading the Babysitter's Club books in particular to try and figure out what public school was like. Or like watching Nickelodeon shows and being like, oh my gosh, this seems amazing right and just thinking through like all the weird pop culture things I so I tried to piece together an idea of what it would be like to go to public school and it seemed pretty great at the same time like I loved my life and I didn't know anything different you guys should know that Danielle still does this so she'll go to our daughter's school and like try to hang out extra to like find out what public school is really like I know I'm so weird Anywho, um, so the reason this episode, like Kristen was saying, it's not available and they kind of wish it had disappeared and they'd never done it is because, so the reason they made the episode is that all these people would like write in to focus on the family and say, you know, we're homeschooled. Like, when are you ever going to talk about like a homeschool family in Odyssey, which is fascinating to me because that seems legit. I think there's a ton, a ton of homeschoolers. I don't know like what the statistics are, but the guy who was like doing the podcast was saying like basically out of everyone at his work, everyone but him was homeschooled growing up and they all work at Focus on the Family. So I'm like that, how could they be really unaware of that? And when you kind of like draw out those conclusions, so like what is the evangelical viewpoint on public education growing up for me it was extremely negative right like we don't want the government raising our kids like we don't want our kids to be corrupted by secular humanism which is in the public schools like again my parents weren't like super into that but that was definitely one of the reasons why we were homeschooled so we wanted a good christian education and we didn't want the government like raising our kids for us right and so thinking through like Again, what is Odyssey? What is it supposed to stand for? Is it an entirely Christian town, utopia? Or is it supposed to be like small town America? And in which case, it's just weird that it's supposed to be like this bastion of Christianity and the public schools are fine. I mean, they never really say a lot negative, except for this second episode we'll talk about a little bit. Well, actually, we've talked about this before. Remember our theory that there's this super conservative town called Odyssey where lots of liberal school teachers go to enlighten the kids. Exactly. <laughs> so. So, I mean, for me, it just is super fascinating because Odyssey is all about, like, raising your kids to believe in God, right? And yet everybody goes to public school. And I don't see that happening in the U.S. currently, Um I mean, and this is all just anecdotal, but if you go to a, a more conservative Christian middle-class white church and you ask people where they send their kids, I, you're going to get a lot of public school public schools, but you're going to get a ton of private and homeschooling. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, anecdotally, mm-hmm. we both went to a Christian college here in Portland and a lot of the people that we went to college with who now have school-aged kids are homeschooling. And it's weird to me, like, why is every single person homeschooling? I mean, I know why. This is what they say when I ask them. They say they want the best for their kids. And they believe that that is homeschooling. Um, And it's just weird that these people spent tons and tons of money 
and all this time thinking about theology and like what's best for the entire community and what's best for other kids doesn't enter into their equation at all. But in Odyssey, it's assumed like you go to public school, which is great. I wish that was reality for us, but it so isn't. So that's something I liked about this episode. Um, but what's funny is, so the pushback they got was that, um, so all these homeschoolers were like, we need homeschoolers. And then the guy who wrote the episode, I guess, didn't know anything about homeschooling, which is kind of hilarious. And so it kind of just made it seem that homeschooling, you just sit at home and do nothing. Or you like talk about your day with your mom. Right. I thought it was really weird that they couldn't find someone who knew more about homeschooling. So that was really interesting to me. I don't know if that was about the time, like maybe because this episode came out, I think in the eighties. So maybe at that time. In 89, right? Yeah. So maybe at that time, the professionals, right? Like maybe families were homeschooling, but there wasn't anyone that was that, you know, older, right? In their thirties that had been homeschooled. I don't really know the history of homeschool. It's really interesting. It'd be really interesting to compare it with Christian private schools because um, we know a bit about the history of that. Uh, yeah. Basically that Christian schools sprang up as segregationist schools. So as public schools were being integrated, white Christians were like, well, we need to start a school where that isn't going to be integrated, we, where it's just white kids. Yeah. And I think as private schools have become you know, more expensive. I think homeschooling has become an option. And and this is just my perspective, but homeschooling is also a part of this bizarro, like Instagram lifestyle, like giving your kids, like there's this phrase that I see on Instagram all the time, wild and free, you know, like a wild and free childhood, like running through tall wheat fields and your kids are like impeccably dressed and like they do, they only play with like wooden toys and they're like learning amazing things from these books you read to them. And that is like what people want. They want their kids to have this amazing, gorgeous, like we are just at home and we just learn things together. And again, going back to giving your kids the best. And I think homeschooling is now seen as that. I don't think it's as much of a separatist movement as it was in the late 80s. Um, but it's about pursuing the American dream and American exceptionalism and also like an acceptable way of, of controlling what you can control with your kids. Um, at the same time, like what it leads to is segregation and inequality. And so it's hard for me to see these Instagram posts. You're giving your kid this amazing time at home. They're learning everything. Their brains are unfurling, but that that your decision directly impacts our public schools. Why don't you break that down? How how it impacts inequality or perpetuates inequality? Well, so I mean, if people, well, here's the deal. I don't have all the facts off the top of my head, but everybody can go read um, Nicole Hannah Jones, who is like the segregation and school inequality reporter for the New York Times, basically, and she writes amazingly about how deeply segregated our school system is and that has been on purpose and um the ways that it's perpetuated are when people who are white or middle class or have the means they pull their kids out of predominantly low income and um predominantly black public schools and so there's just 
this battle and this race for resources and um, opportunity hoarding that happens. And another word for opportunity hoarding is giving your child the best. Again, I want to take this down to like super practical. Like if you want to give your children the best and you also want public school to be education to be good for everyone, like those two things, you cannot believe both those things and you cannot live out both those things at the same time. Does that make sense what I'm saying? You can't expect public education to be equal and just for all and then at the same time still do what is best for your children. Like when you do what's best for your children, you automatically are saying they matter more than all the other kids who don't have the same resources that we do. Because, you know, to be able to homeschool, you have to have a parent who can be at home and doesn't have to work. And you know, not to mention all the other things that go on. And also, this is not to say that all homeschooling is bad. I don't think that at all. Um, but there's still this underlying philosophy under a lot of it, which is like, of course you want the best for your kid. Like, And I want to say, as a Christian, that's not a biblical concept. Yeah, well, I think... Oh, man, we're talking so much here. I think one thing is we're talking so much. Me. <laughs> Let me throw some <laughs> thoughts in there. <laughs> I'm talking so much. Um, so one thing that one of the effects that it has is that it then, so we know that um, jobs, all, for example, when I do career counseling, I tell most of my clients that a large portion of jobs are gotten because of who you know, not because of what you do, right? And so by segregating if you are a family with means and you're you're not <clears throat> engaging in it with families in your in your community that are lower income there's not going to be the sharing of network resources so it's not necessarily in this very specific way but also just like it's segregating communities so you have just a low income community and then you have um you know middle class community and people aren't sharing resources. Uh, the other thing um, is that if you're not involved in the public school system, um, then you're not advocating for the, the best way to be able to advocate for the kids in your neighborhood is to have one of your kids in the school. It's really hard to know what's going on in the school if your kid's not going there. And so I hear people say like, well, I can, I can care about the education of kids in my neighborhood but I don't have to send my kids there, but I've just never seen that actually happen. Maybe it's just um, that we, I mean, that's just the easiest way is to have your kids go there. And I was thinking about the episode and when um, Robin is talking to the homeschool mom about what happened at the, the day before, right? And so she says, you know, I beat my friend. Uh, she tried to jump me. I beat my friend Marjorie yesterday. You did? Yeah. Most of the time, she beats me, but yesterday, I beat her good. She was red. Red? Yep. She started out by jumping me, but then I turned around and jumped her and beat her good. You actually jumped her and beat her? Yeah. Uh, and then it becomes clear that she was talking about checkers. How else are you going to win at checkers? But the homeschool mom was, like, just ready to be like, she was, of course, horrified, but she totally believed it. She's like, oh, that's public school. Kids just are like beating each other up. Oh, that's true. Right? Interesting. And I think that is what we've seen is we've heard people say like, 
well, I could never send my kids to that school, but they've never actually gone into that school. They've never actually seen what it is. And I think about like, you know, our daughter like running through fields and having fun. And I'm like, I would rather her be in her classroom. Like, I think she really enjoys it. She has grownups that really care about her, that want her to learn. She gets to hang out with people. She gets to with other kids. Like she has a really good time at school. She actually enjoys school more than being at home, I would say. Yes, probably. Um, Yeah, and it's fascinating because I was talking to this woman who started this group called Integrated Schools, and uh, their purpose is to um, desegregate the public school system. And I was talking to her like, yeah, we send our daughter to this, you know, quote unquote, failing school, like one of the lowest rated elementary schools in all of Oregon, not just Portland, but all of Oregon. And, you know, like Portland public schools like are pretty bad generally. Um, but we've been enjoying it, you know? And she was like, when you say like Portland public schools are generally pretty bad or like have really low test scores, she's like, I talked to people from all over America and everybody says the same thing. Well, you know, the schools in Texas are just like notoriously bad or, you know, oh yeah, the schools in New York, they're just like so low rated and under-resourced. She's And she said like, basically this is a narrative that is like countrywide in America as this narrative we tell ourselves like, yeah, the public schools are so bad. And that just really made me think, um, where is this narrative coming from? And and it's all, you know, it's all white people saying that narrative. And, and to me, there's just, there's just some real s- intense stuff that is rooted in our fear of the public school system. And I think white conservative Christians have taken this to the next level. And all I want to do is ask people to interrogate those fears of public school and of brown and black bodies and you sending your precious white child into that space. Like I just can't handle it anymore. So I offend people (laughs) on a regular basis in my real life. Um, because I just want to ask us, what is the end result of us doing what's best for our children? It means like other children get the short shrift and it's always kids of color. And I know that that is not God's heart for the world. And yeah, so anyways, we could we could talk about this all day long. But I will say, like, I thought the episode was fine. It was, it made both seem good and people do that for different reasons. But it wasn't anti-public school, which I was so pleased about. Just having grown up in a world where public school is very demonized and where I see it very demonized today. I just thought it was kind of refreshing. So we know that the public school is not like a perfect Christian utopia because we listened to another episode. Yeah. Well, I just did wonder. Um, So one of the things in the episode at the beginning that really made me laugh was when they like had a talking time. So it was this time. Oh, the homeschoolers you mean? Yeah. So the homeschool mom like sat down and was like, this is our time to like talk. How's your life going or something like that? I thought we'd start out today with a nice talk. A talk? Yes. About what? Like whatever is new and interesting in your life. Which I thought was hilarious because I was like, homeschoolers don't do this. They don't like just sit down and like have these like, you know, intentional conversations oh, with yes, their kids. Oh, yes, they do. And I, I was going to, I wanted Danielle to listen to it and I was like, I thought she was going to think it was ridiculous, but it turns out that I was totally wrong. 
Yeah. When we and my family, after we did our chores, we had Bible time. And so we always had to sit down on the couch with my mom and we had we would have read our Bibles and journaled and listened for God's voice. And then we would talk about it with my mom. And that was like the longest part of our day, honestly. <laughs> Bible time was a huge part of my life growing up. So that is funny. I was homeschooled for kindergarten, first grade, and part of second grade. Um, but it was, yeah, it was pretty different. My mom had four kids and was running a daycare. And you went to public school, right, for a while? I went to public school after that. Yeah. Right. And then yeah. you did private. Then at private international school. In um, China. In China. So you're just a weird one. Right. And then I graduated from a high school, which was fine. Yeah. I mean, one year of. A public. Of public high school. Was your, was the international school, was it Christian? Yes, it was. Okay. So, so we kind had, of like a private Christian school. Yeah. But, but different. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was, yeah, it was, it was, uh, yeah, it is, it was really interesting. Some of the like different tensions that came up, uh, cause it was predominantly Christian, but there were a lot of people that were there just cause they were business people. Right. And, uh, not missionaries, but they had to send their kids to that school. Yeah. So I thought about you when we listened to the second episode, which is called choices yes is that what it's called uh -huh. because i was like oh crispin was probably and you were the yes. target audience um for this episode because it's it's almost like teaching your child to be a missionary at public school right mm -hmm. and that's how you kind of felt growing up right yeah yeah so lucy um who we've mentioned before she's a um she is a writer she i think this is early on so this is before she starts writing for the Odyssey Owl. Um, but she's asked to write a paper about evolution. And actually, it starts out, the episode starts out with her sitting and they're watching this video about evolution. And she's like angrily murmuring, which I just thought was like really funny. And just like that, I, I guess it's just, I mean, I hear it in like people from my parents' generation, like evangelical conservatives that get so mad about like whatever agenda is being pushed, right? And just like getting really angry and just to hear it from like, you know, an elementary school girl is really funny to me. Yeah. Can we, can we like take a second to pause and talk about growing up in evolution and what our parents did about it? Yes. Okay. You want to know, you want to hear about the dinosaur books? Yes, I do. Yes. So, well... It's worth noting that my dad actually was a science teacher in a public school for part of my life. Um, and so he was really into learning all the facts about creationism, which is, if you don't know what that is, is the scientific study of God creating the earth. Like a six-day yes. creationism. Right. So he's a young earth. Yes, theory. right. Yeah, and just saying... Ask me now. Ask me how I know so much about this. <laughs> well, I'll get to that. You okay. go first. Um, and so, yeah, that was like my dad's hill to die on. So we had a bunch of science books because he was a science teacher and, you know, um, but they would white out uh, the number of years ago that dinosaurs lived. <laughs> <sighs> so... And as a kid, what did that make you feel? Uh, self-righteous. Okay. It was like, we really know the truth. I mean, it kind of sounds like a cult sort of thing, right? But it's funny because we do the same thing with our daughter, just about different issues, about like pacifism or, you know, whatever it is, but. Dude, yeah, side note, <laughs> our daughter who's seven has been really into being like, our 
her grandma, her Mimi, was 10 years old when Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was shot. Like, she's, like, super into that fact, which is fascinating. But that's that's part of the agenda we are pushing on her is, like, civil rights, like, all of this stuff. It didn't happen a long time ago. Like, it happened recently and it affects us today and so it's just funny that she's going around quoting that fact i was like oh gosh right um but yeah so for me i definitely grew up with parents i don't know i don't know how much they believed it but it was definitely a part of the homeschool culture was young earth creationism i went to one like conference for kids and it was really weird and like ken ham books were everywhere i have like this vague memory that ken ham was there but maybe he wasn't. But Who like, is Ken he's Ham? like this really famous creationist guy, and he was a part of building that museum, okay. whatever uh-huh. it's called, maybe the Creation Museum, <clears throat> and which I would love to go visit. By the way, um, support my Patreon to go there. Just kidding. Um, but I thought it was like f- interesting, and I really, really hoped that dinosaurs were still alive, and that Nessie. I did this whole like report on how Nessie is a plesiosaurus and, um, you know, dinosaurs still exist and all this stuff. And then even like going to our Bible college, the science classes there were taught by a man who was super into answers in Genesis, which is Ken Ham's thing and all about young earth theory. And, and nobody really explained to me like why Christians were so anti-evolution, but I guess it was just this like saying we evolved from monkeys, something I don't know. Well, basically just the idea that evolution as it's been taught is basically that like we weren't created by anyone. We're just happenstance. Right. Yeah. So, and it really was pushed to, I don't push evolution was taught as, as part of like atheism. So the idea that there is no God. But it doesn't have to be a part of atheism. No. But, I mean, the Scopes Monkey Trials was right. about a high school teacher who was teaching evolution rather instead of creation. So I think what's interesting is, like, I even, like, hearing about evolution right now and as an adult, it's like I don't hear the anti-God stuff. But I think you're right saying it's still all a part of this reactionary fundamentalism and the Scopes Monkey Trial was a huge part of that and probably a huge part of forming things like Focus on the Family, which is why it makes perfect sense that this is like the moral dilemma, right? Isn't that what this episode's all about is moral dilemmas? Um, that that's why they would center on evolution, which was just funny because growing up, I was like, yeah, my parents were super anti-evolution. And as a kid, I had no clue why. Like it wasn't it wasn't explained to me in a way. It was just something you're against because you're a Christian, which is what Lucy says like a bunch of times in this episode. And yet there's just no, there's no understanding of like dialogue or understanding why, or like how to have differences with people and all, you know, all this stuff. And also she's like a little kid. So how could she know? Right. You know, it's interesting. And on the adventures in Odyssey wiki page for this episode, one of the discussion questions is, can someone be a Christian? Or I think even, can someone believe that God created the world and believe in evolution? Which was surprising to me. Oh. That they which, were, like, gave that as an option. But in this episode, it just makes it clear that like, you can't. Right, yeah. Or just assumed. Yeah, right. Which, well, and the wiki page probably came much later. And I think, I mean, some of it is considering, I mean, the 80s, right? So, like... 
in the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, that was very modernist, right? So it probably was like on both sides, like people saying, you know, this proves that, um, you know, that God doesn't exist or God does exist. And everybody's like, science can tell us like whether or not to believe in God. And, you know, and I mean, you see that now, like with these movies, right? Like what was that one about the newsboys? God's not dead. Oh, you know, like we can't talk about those cause we've never watched those. Right. Actually though, I was, uh, in the theater on Saturday about to watch, uh, the new star Wars movie. And there was, uh, you know, one of those, uh, previews for an event, fathom events or whatever. And it was all about UFOs and how they prove Christianity. Oh, I would totally watch that. Which was really funny. Like, I believe you're taking this sort of outsider, like fringe theory to prove Christianity. It's kind of a weird. I, I really want to see that. Okay, now. let's go. Date okay, night. so, anyways, let's recap the episode really quick. Yeah, because I think it's worth. So she starts with that, uh, starts watching the episode. Then the teacher says, "You've been chosen to write for this uh, this paper." Um, but you have to write about evolution. Uh, she says she doesn't want to. He says, well, tough luck. You have to. And then she talks to her dad and her dad's like, well, I don't know whether you should or not. And when my boss tells me to do something, if I don't do it, it's a sin. He's the man that God has placed in authority over me. If I don't obey him, well, it's more than just not doing my job. It's a sin. Oh my gosh. It was so creepy. We will insert the audio here, but... It was creepy. Yeah. And very authoritarian. Right, yeah. Am I, I saying mean, that right? Yes, right. Let's just pause there for a minute. What do you, what was your, why do you think he said that? Why did they write that in there? I don't know, but it was like so jarring and it was really sad because I thought if I was listening to this as a kid, I'd be like, okay, yeah. And now as an adult and, you know, we're seeing all this like, me too stuff happening and church too. And you know, all these stories of abuse coming to light. It's just, Oh, to hear someone say like, you just have to go along with your authority figure because God put them in authority over you just like that. No caveats. And you're just like, no people abuse authority constantly. And people who claim to know God abuse authority constantly. And they use lines like that to hurt little kids right, all yeah. the time. And so I just felt incredibly upset. Yeah, it was so weird and just obviously written from a place of power, yes. right? Like those are the things that people say in order to keep power structures in yes. place. And even the whole boss thing. I'm like, who even thinks that? Yeah. God put my boss in charge of me, therefore I have to do whatever he says. Like, what? Right. Nobody actually thinks that, do they? Um, but if you work at Focus on the Family, maybe that's what they tell you. <laughs> that we wrote it for all their employees exactly. to listen to. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, and then she has a dream um, in which it's not apparent that it's a dream, but she's talking to Mr. Whitaker, and he references uh, Romans 13, which is, again, uh, Oh, Romans 13. Yes. That's how I feel about it. Right. Because people just point to it all the time. Can and, you quote it off the top of your head? Um, something about be subject to authorities for God has put them in power. Yeah, something like that. Uh, yeah, that but, stuff only comes out when people like Donald Trump are elected. Right, yeah. Nobody was saying that when Obama... No. No evangelical Christians were saying that when no. Obama was in power. No. 
So, yeah, that was weird. But then it turned out to be a dream and sh- everybody was making fun of her. Cause, so she's basically saying, like, I don't want to write about evolution because I'm a Christian and I don't believe in it. And everybody's saying, like, well, you can still write about it without believing in it. And at the same time, like, everybody's kind of saying, like, you have to do it because your teacher told you to and all this stuff. And then the Romans thing gets thrown in there. Yeah, right. And then later on she... Uh, oh, then she talks to Mr. Whitaker in real life at her Bible study, and um, he quotes uh, another verse in Romans uh, where Paul basically says, um, "If he and it's in the passage where Paul is talking about food sacrifice to idols, and basically says, if your conscience tells you not to do it and you do it, then it's a sin. Um, okay. Everything that does not come from faith is sin. Uh, I hate to tell you this, Mr. Whitaker, but that's not helping me any. Um, Which is a fascinating thing to think about. Yeah, although it's really weird. I wish, I mean, they can't maybe explain that whole thing, but the one, he just says, read the verse, Lucy, and Lucy reads this verse, and it just basically says, anyone who does something outside of faith is sinning. And I was like, what does that even mean? And it's so fascinating because, like, a part of me likes that because I have, like, intense convictions. And so, like, I need to try and live by them. At the same time, I was like, I bet you anything white supremacists and segregationists use that verse, you know, to say, like, we can't in good conscience mix the races, blah, blah, blah. You know, this is part of my Christian faith. And so just thinking, like, that can so easily be twisted to say, like, I can't sin against my conscience, which even thinking about, you know, what happened with Donald Trump and what happened with Roy Moore in Alabama, like, issues such as abortion have been used to force Christians to not vote against their conscience, basically meaning they can't vote for someone who's pro-choice. And because of that, all these other issues that would offend their conscience are somehow not as bad and you know what I'm saying like so that concept really has been utilized by people in power for nefarious purposes I would say right it makes me think of um Drew Hart has this book called Trouble I've Seen and he's a person of color and writes about being in the church and basically what he says is like if you're a white person like you there are certain things you can't trust your gut on mm. because your gut has been programmed by white supremacy right like you've been told That's this so true since you're a little kid so he's like there are certain like things like conscience and gut being the same thing yeah, yeah right so there are certain things that like you Oof. need to rely on the conscience of your brother or sister in Christ who's a person of color like for example if it's something that's related to race he's like you know recognize that if you are a minority you you probably understand race in America better. So if if you're not a minority, it you it would be wise for you to actually like rely on someone else. Yeah. Um, to understand it and to go with their gut and their conscience. Yeah. Which is, I think, really relevant here. Yeah. So I mean, spinning out these ideas, the Romans thirteen, the not doing something against your conscience. I think, I think you need so much more, so many more caveats put into there. But in this case. Lucy ends up just talking to her teacher, right? Yeah. And I think what is really interesting, one of the reasons we put these two together is because I think evolution has been a really big reason people have homeschooled and it's kind of been like one of the biggest things. Oh, interesting. Yeah. 
I, I would say. I think it's white supremacy, but whatever. <laughs> I would say that evolution <laughs> is one of the reasons that people have said they won't send their kids to school, which is funny because because um, I think that there's that potential at college or whatever, but I'm like, if you tell your kid, like, evolution is wrong and send them to public school, just like Lucy, they're going to be like, and like myself, they're just going to be these self-righteous little kids that are like, I mean, remember, she's like, God created the world, not like we didn't come from monkeys. She's just like getting all yeah. angry in the back of the class, which is kind of adorable. Right. And so she talks to him and she's like, I'm a Christian, so I can't write about it. And he was like, oh, that's fine, which is really. Or you should have told me. Yeah, you should have told me. And um, I really appreciated that, that they didn't like demonize right. the school teacher. Um, and again, I think this really reflects like the late eighties and nineties and not like further ahead. Um, yeah. Yeah. cause it really was like, Oh, we can like talk, even if this person is not a Christian and it was really interesting too. Cause he says like, if I was to ask you to write this report, that would go against what I believe. Yeah. And, but so she ends up, she gets to write about a Christian perspective on evolution, which is probably just creationism. And then so there, she gets to be like a witness to everybody. And so it ends up being like really exciting for her kind of, that's right. how I took it to be. Yeah. But you're right. They didn't demonize the teacher. Although I don't know, he seems weirdly out of tune with people like Lucy in his class. Um, but yeah, so Odyssey is this perfect Christian town with teachers who believe in evolution and force children to write about it and uh believe that the vietnam war was wrong exactly maybe this is the same teacher also we find out that mr whitaker was a teacher oh we did yeah because he said like oh are you writing for the educator i used to read that when i was a teacher oh and i was like oh fascinating what would he think of public the public school system in america and how segregated it is you know what we need to do i don't know what episodes these are on so someone's got to help us with this but mr whitaker is like really wealthy and you just find out about it here and there throughout different episodes. Oh, no. But that would be really well, interesting to Well, I have a lot to, to say about at. affluence, so we should probably do that <laughs> right. at some point. So thinking about the political imagination in Odyssey, it's just kind of crazy that it seems tame in comparison to where white evangelicalism is at here in 2017, right? Where a lot of people... Um, homeschool or send their kids to private school or are trying to get what's best for their kids in school. And and these episodes are really just more focused on, I don't know, smaller level issues. Although I guess the evolution one, there still is an undercurrent theme of separatism being different, you know, like having to fight for your beliefs to be heard. But it wasn't super intense as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, right. I mean, there is something about, there is this sense of community and trust in the, in Odyssey, uh, where these things can play out. Whereas I, I think that, um, a lot of Christians are not even willing to like engage in their community the way that people engage in Odyssey. Yeah. And I think, you know, as we've kind of gone down our life path the past 10 plus years, you know, we were in a mission order for three years. We lived and worked in low-income communities and we've lived in low-income communities for at least nine years now. Right. Yeah. Um, the, 
two things that I really wish were talked about so much more within the Christian community are really practical issues. And one is education and public education. And the other one is um, where you live, because both of those issues are so touched by segregation. Um, like we literally can't be good neighbors to people because we don't live next to people in need. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. And so I wish we were talking about these things more and it's not surprising to me that Adventures Honesty doesn't talk about schools very much or wealth. Um, but those are like the two issues that we have to reckon with in America. And to me, they're both directly tied to white supremacy. And so they're both directly tied to um, racism in America. Yeah, I know. I'm thinking about Jamar Tisby, who's one of the hosts of the Pass the Mic podcast. And uh, he's talked about, because people are like, how do I live a more integrated life? How do I work toward racial reconciliation? Um, And he, I remember this one episode, he was like, you got to send your kids to your local school because that's how you're going to meet people that are different than you, which is so true. I mean, before we had our daughter, like you can live in the same neighborhood as someone, but like depending on the community, it's hard. Like you go to work and you, you know, maybe run into people in the parking lot, but it's really when you have your kids in the school that you can really engage in your community because you have something in common, you work together, you see each other every day, et cetera. Right. And like our school, we're, so we live in Portland, right? So it rains all the time. We're the only school in Portland that doesn't have like a covered area um, in the yard. So like outside. And so when it rains, kids can't go play outside. They can't have recess cause there's no covered areas. And I just real, I just found out about this and I was like, there's a reason why we're the only school who doesn't have that because we are an, inc- we are in an incredibly low income neighborhood and we don't have the resources to like advocate and demand that from the school district and they're not going to do it just for the sake of doing it. Like, they don't care that these kids are just going to be inside much of the school year and not be able to get out that energy. And so it's stuff like that that is just so heartbreaking. And I wouldn't know about it unless we were here and involved in it. And, um, yeah, school is a huge issue to me. Anyways, this was, these were interesting episodes. You can listen to the first one in its entirety on a podcast for free, right? Yeah. Crispin? Yep. I don't know exactly where to find it, but it's like the it's like the legit Adventures in Odyssey podcast. We'll link to it on our Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of which, we want to hear from you guys on Twitter. Uh, we've heard from multiple people that they want to listen to our back episodes. And we are working on that, I promise you. Yes. We just didn't really think other people were going to listen to this. And so now we have to invest some resources <laughs> into hosting the podcast. We've hit our limit on free hosting. So we're trying to uh, get it so that we can have all the episodes up. Um, so that will be to come. We're excited yeah. about that. Yeah. Thanks for listening. And um, have an imaginal prophetic week. And uh, <laughs> Thanks for listening, and I still think the Loch Ness is real, and it is a plesiosaurus, okay? Yes, she does. I really do. Anyways, Hmm. go forth and um, double-check those impulses about where you send your kids to school. Have a good week, and don't let evolution win. 
<laughs> this has been an episode of the Prophetic Imagination Station. Check us out on SoundCloud or iTunes and stay tuned for weekly discussions.